On today's episode, we're going to be talking about eight ways to know if you are Bible literate on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. Uh, how many of you know that being a Christian for a long time can be exhausting, especially if you're trying to do the right thing all the time and trying to obey God and trying to love Him? And uh, today, um, I want to talk to you about eight ways to know if you are Bible illiterate. And as a pastor of maybe almost 35 years now, um, it's always been a concern of mine how some Christians in church sometimes don't know what the Word says, and they don't really habitually pick up the Word. Hence, I have some questions to ask before we, we give you the eight points, but what position do the Scriptures take in your life? Where do you turn to first when you need answers, when you need help, when you need strength or encouragement? What is the first source you look to when you need to verify what is true in a world filled with deception? And the last question is, is it possible that I live a Bibleless Christianity? I believe that this is possible in the day we live in, because so many Christians uh, are so obsessed with social media that some, sometimes they get their truth from there before they go to the Word. So here's some stats before we start. And uh, and, and Ed Stetzer put these together. He's phenomenal. He's a great leader. And, and so, so my hat's off to Ed Stetzer. But... He said, uh, when was the last time you read a book? For almost one in four of us, it was more than a year ago. According to Pew Research, that's three times the number who didn't read a book in 1978. Here's another one. In the last six years alone, we've seen unprecedented changes. In 1991, 45% of American adults told Barna they read the Bible at least once a week. In 2009, 46% reported doing so. But since 2009, Bible reading has become less widespread, especially among the youngest adults. As more and more millennials join the ranks of adulthood, the national average continues to weaken. Today, about one-third of all American adults report reading the Bible once a week or more, and the percentage is highest among elders, which is 49%, and lowest among millennials, which is 24%. And then there's a life, a life research, a Lifeway research poll, again, again, uh, thanks to Ed Stetzer. A recent life, Lifeway uh, research study found only, 50, only 45% of those regularly attending church read the Bible more than once a week. Over 40% of those people attending read their Bible occasionally maybe once or twice a month, and almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible. And then a couple more polls and that's it. Shane and Shane, you know, the, the, the band. Shane Everett was asked in an interview, what is the greatest weakness you see among young worship leaders today? His answer, a lack of Bible literacy. We have a bunch of people getting on stage leading songs without any context spiritually. Then Justin Dillahay and Ivan Mesa, who wrote about social media and how, how it affects Bible reading, they said, perhaps really, uh, perhaps Google has really made us stupid and we've lost the ability to concentrate. For some, the Bible gets displaced by Instagram or Twitter or 
Disney Plus and us, us Martha types, which are, you know, the busy ones, the Bible gets crowded up by the feverish church activities that we do. So how do you know if you're Bible literate today? Well, the first way is this. The Bible is not your standard of, to measure, uh, of measure for everything. And why is that important? Because if the Bible is not your standard, then something else will be your standard. It could be your opinion. It could be your emotions. It could be social media. It could be what someone you, you know, a friend of yours says, anything but the Word of God. And because growing skepticism of the Bible today as a sacred book, the question is that in the Scriptures, it's not as common as it used to be because we're in postmodern times where people don't believe in absolute truth anymore the way they used to. Instead, people ask, how does it make you feel? Do you feel happy? Does it make you happy? Does it inspire you? And these become your truth, right? You've heard that saying, this is my truth. So a great number of people will go to social media where there, there's a scratch for every itch before their Bible for answers. And they'll look up their latest teacher, the latest, you know, I'm a teacher, they'll look up the latest teacher. And unfortunately, the Bible should be the first place, right? But here's number two. The Bible isn't your starting point when you are in trouble. What is your go-to source when faced with difficulty? Now, some get their facts, right? Their truth and answers more from social media than they do from reading the scriptures. I, I saw that especially during COVID, during the controversies surrounding COVID and all the politics where Christians were, they were just spending hours on YouTube and social media or on some some obscure source that they found online and, and they just weren't really quoting the Word of God. They were quoting these people that they read or heard. And um, so let me give you an illustration. Years ago, I, I helped a mechanic because I one of my side hobbies is I like technology. And so I build, I've been building computers since I was a kid. And so I helped a mechanic uh, friend of mine with his software. And in those days, the, the software had like nine, you know, DVDs and you had to install them all. And it was really a pain in the neck. And so, but you could literally find any part in existence and it would show you a 3D exploded view of that part. So imagine if you have a Mercedes 450 SL, let's say, which I don't have that, but you know, I'm just giving you an example here. And you need brake calipers for that Mercedes. And that helps you to stop the car, right? And instead of going to the manual, let's say you went online and said, well, I'm gonna go online and figure this out myself. And, and you go and download a, a manual to fix a Tesla, which is strictly electric, right? Well, you're gonna have a problem because you didn't go to the source. And if you want to get the right part and fix it the right way, you have to go to the people who manufactured it. And this is my illustration today, that the creation must look to the original manufacturer, the creator, which is God, to be fixed. So this is why the scriptures must be the first place we go to when we have trouble. But here's number three, you are not growing in your Christian walk. And that's how you know you're not reading the Word. But you know that it's impossible to read the Word of God without growing, without being challenged, without being stretched, without maturing. You cannot read the Word. You cannot interface with God's Word without changing in some way because it does something to you. And the Word has a shaping, transforming effect on the one who reads it with all their heart. Now, if I'm not spending time in His Word, then I'm not being shaped 
by his scriptures. I'm being shaped by something else. Or maybe I could maybe try to read the Bible informationally, but not revelationally. And that's a big difference, isn't it? But Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the word of Christ. So you have to be in the word. Psalms 19 puts it beautifully. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And there's something about when you read the word that it protects you, it, it informs you, it teaches you, it reveals things to you, and it changes you. Number four, you don't know what the Bible really says. Uh, we live in a day where people kind of copy and paste ideas from online, and they get these, these they, they hear double talk online, and then they, you know, they just talk about that like, like they know what they're talking about. And there's a real fancy, corny word for that. It's called an ultra-crepidarian. It's a person who sounds like they know what they're talking about, but they don't. That on the surface, they're hitting the right points, but if you really ask deeper questions, they'd have no idea what you're talking about. And I believe that there's a lot of that going on today. And here's another poll. Uh, British parents, around 30% of parents, don't know Adam and Eve, David and Goliath, or the Good Samaritan are in the Bible. Uh, to make matters worse, 27% think that Superman is or might be a biblical story. More than one in three believe the same about Harry Potter, something he's in the Bible. And this is, you know, the British uh, uh, survey. And more than half, which is 54%, believe the Hunger Games is or might be a story from the Bible. That is tragic. Think when you think about this, that is absolutely tragic when people don't know what the Bible says. And it's important that we don't quote what we heard someone else say about the Bible, but that we quote what we know, what we've studied for ourselves. Here's number five. You read the Bible only for answers, but not relationship. And we kind of touched on this a little bit. But some people read the Bible only as a resource instead of for relationship. Or they, or, or maybe they read it informationally instead of revelation for revelation. And in other words, the way some Christian books are structured, here are keys, you know, five keys to doing this or six keys to doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But there has to be more to my Bible reading than just harvesting ideas to get better, right? There has to be an intimacy and a knowing of God. And we find that we can harvest and we can we can harvest ideas and we can slice and, and dice these ideas to fit our lifestyle, all the while not really connecting with the one who wrote that word, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. So the word isn't just some textbook that we exploit for happy life. It's more than that. Yes, we, we should write books about keys to this and keys to that, but there's more, right? It is living, it is active, it is powerful to transform us because it has the breath of God in it. That's why we need the Word of God. So we don't approach the Scripture to harvest ideas for life, but to come under the sway of the Word. That's why the Scriptures tell us in the Psalms that the Word of God tried Joseph. There's, there's a submission to the Word when you read it. Here's number six. You manipulate scriptures to fit your lifestyle. That's one way you know if you're not, if you don't know the word, if you're not, if you're a Bible illiterate. The Bible has been used as a blunt weapon from men who want to keep women five steps behind them to those who condone slavery, to those who twist the scriptures to, to gain wealth and say, well, I'm, I want to get rich off, off the word, you know, and, and again, God wants to bless you, you know, John 10, 10, we know that, but man, it's so much more than that, isn't it? And, and, you know, most people would agree with that. But some only accept 
the parts of the Bible that suit them. They have lifestyle Bibles. They have Bibles for men, Bibles for women, Bibles for soldiers, recovery Bibles, divorce Bibles, single Bibles, Bibles for dummies they even have. They even have the taboo Bible edition game. And the Bible is seen more as a resource that we use than a truth that we bring our lives under. Here's number seven, and we're going to wind it up here in a, in a second here. How do you know if you're Bible illiterate? You can't defend from the scriptures what you believe. Some people go to secondary sources. In other words, they go to what they heard someone else say, or they go to a YouTube channel or a podcast or somewhere else to kind of double talk and repeat what they heard say, but they don't know it for themselves. They don't own it. They don't say, this is my truth that I understand the scriptures. You know, I, I, I wrestled with it and I studied it for myself. And, and that can be very dangerous. Some Christians have tragically said, I read this scripture or, or, or I read so-and-so scripture and God told me what that means. And we have to be careful when we say that because Second uh, Peter one twenty says, no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. And why do I say that? Because people have said that and started cults, right? Because they say, well, you know, God said this and, 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 and they drift into some kind of perversion or something weird. And we find that scriptures should always be read and interpreted in community, right? Because in a in community, there's accountability. And for instance, like the, the prophetic networks we know in, in our area, whenever there's a word given, a prophetic word, there's always accountability. They say, okay, let's run it by the team. And if the team feels like it's of God, okay, we'll go forward. If the team feels, you know what, I think it might have been the pepperoni you ate last night then they drop it and they forget it, right? And they, they chalk it up to the human imperfection, right? So, but think about Paul and Silas when they went to the synagogue in, in Thessalonica, I hate to say this word, but Thessalonica, the name, there it is, they got it. But they argued, it says, and Paul went in as, as his custom. It, it was his habit. And on three Sabbath days, argued with them from the scriptures. He didn't argue from from Shakespeare or from you know YouTube or from uh, social media. He argued from the scriptures. So here's number eight. Bible Bible illiteracy is identified this way: that you see the Bible as inspirational, but not as an inspired book. What do I mean by that? Some people read the word the way they read Shakespeare. They go, "Oh, that was such a beautiful sonnet, beautiful poem. It touched my heart." And so the Bible just exists to make me happy and just kind of nice, sweet feelings on, you know, all this beautiful stuff. And, but inspired, so inspirational means that it inspires me, right? It's all about me. But inspired means God inspired it and it transformed me. That God wrote those scriptures and those scriptures are to bring alignment to my life and transformation. So inspiration is defined this way, the influence God exerted on the writers of Scripture, enabling them to transmit His revelation of Himself in writing. So that's a beautiful way to put it, I think. And I, I got this from, um, from one, of my, one of my sources. I have a, a large library that I, I work out of. But when we read the Word of God as only inspiration, we can pick and choose what makes us feel good and walk away from its transformative power. And we can only base our life on good feelings. 
and that way what happens is the Bible is is put into a place right next to Shakespeare or Plato or the poet Robert Frost and say, oh, those are good too. Those inspire me and bless me too. So we don't want to be that, like that. And this is why Jesus said, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So it's not just words, it's more than that. And I want to close with a quote from Smith Wigglesworth, a great man in the 19th century. Um, and it was a, a healing evangelist that was very powerful and godly, a British man. He said, thank God for his word. Live it. Be moved by it. Live it. Be moved by it. And he says, we will become anemic and helpless without the word. We are not any good for anything apart from the word. It is everything. When the heavens and the earth are melted away, and then we will be as bright as the day because of the word of God. So he closes by saying, take it in, think it out, work it out. It is truth. So if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a like and join us on on Buzzsprout. We are on there, uh, the audio version, and we also just joined the Charisma Network. We're very pleased to be part of them now. And we're also on YouTube. So uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we're also on, uh, we have Facebook and all that, but check it out on the website on soul2.com. Soul, soul and until next time, God bless you. Glad to be with you.